0: this business podcast, The Two Business Guys Mastermind uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational, and overall business success so that you can go on to get better results. Enjoy. If you don't learn Your business certainly will die. In businesses today, you have to be a learning organization. Otherwise, you'll fall behind. Listen in as the two business guys mastermind on how to create a learning organization so that your business not only survives, but that it thrives. Enjoy. All right, guys. Hey, welcome back. You know, this is the two business guys and we're masterminding in this particular topic. John and I were talking off camera about if your organization is not learning and adapting, that it might just die sooner than you think. And you know, we were talking about how sometimes very small moves that can affect your organization in a way, small moves on the negative side and then things that you are not doing. So this, this week's topic is called um, Learn and Adapt. And we're going to just say it, learn or adapt or die. <laughs> right? So, John, when we talk about dying, what, what are we talking about? We're not talking about somebody, you know, getting shot or anything, right? Getting cancer. But we're talking about losing customers.
1: Can you yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. Um, just really, we have, in, in the town that I live in, we have a fantastic, we did have a, a, a fantastic um, Italian restaurant for generations it operated yeah. and it was always busy. It was one of those places you had to reserve like a week out. Um, and they had a little deli spot as well where you could pick up some, um, really unique items that you couldn't find in a, in a regular grocery store. And, uh, it was very popular. The, the last generation to own it, uh, were getting up in years and their, their children, they, uh, didn't want to take it over so they end up selling it and within six months after selling this business six months six months the business was gone mm. they That's had lost. yeah it, it, i mean it, this was a thriving business and this was this all happened pre-pandemic um so the economy was bustling. It was the best economy in a long time that, that we've experienced the business goes under, um, why they changed some of the recipes, some of the ingredients in the recipes, yeah. they changed just, just to save money, some s- probably. small things, um, that, that, that took whatever it was, the special, uh, the special thing that that brought the customers in, the unique selling point, um, so just changing just those few things, um, they they lost their customer base enough that they couldn't operate a, a once very very successful business.
0: you know that's so funny, man it's, we can look at something like this, and when you guys are listening to this, think about not only your business but think about personal too. As you get older, right, and, and uh, you know, John and I, we're not in our 30s anymore, you know, that's all you need to know. Um, but if you are failing to adapt to the information in front of you, then your body is going to start telling you a story, right? Now, before, you could eat, you know, whatever you want. We could just chow, bro, chow down on stuff, right? Candy, bring it on. You know, no problems, blood sugar, no problems, you know, blah, 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 blah. But your body starts telling you a story. So you either say, I got to learn that after a certain age, I got to stop this activity and adapt to what my body now is telling me. Now, that's just on a personal level. So again, what we do here, we like to talk about business all the time. But when you can see that there's an intersection between business and personal, that makes it even better for what you're hearing, right? Then if we're not doing these things, adapting and adjusting, we're going to have an effect. Mm-hmm. The doctor's gonna tell you your levels are up. You're gonna go what? Or they're gonna say, "Hey, well, you know, maybe we need to, you know, saw that leg off or something." I don't know what. That's kind of extreme. But we look at it like that: learning and adapting or dying. Losing customers and business, losing limbs and personal. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> what about failing to upgrade your information systems?
1: Absolutely. Are you still
0: using old? Let's think about this one. What kind of cash register, if you've got a business, what kind of cash register are you using?
1: Do you remember the old uh, credit card things where they would put it down and it would have those carbon copies? Yes. And,
0: Meyer well, used to have those for days. They would it, look your name up to see if they're going to accept anything from you. Yes. Checks, if you everything. were on check
1: systems. Um, but just think about how unsecure that information was that those, you had paper things flying around, all of these institutions with your personal information on it right um if if you're using one of these nowadays uh people are going to look at you a little funny they're going to say uh that that really doesn't look secure to me and and the convenience factor as well uh, when you're looking hey i don't accept credit cards i accept cash only or um i don't i don't take paypal or Vimo or or um Apple, Apple Pay, or any of those things. Uh, the only thing that I'll take is a check or a money order. Um, you you could lose customers um, by by just those those simple things by not having those conveniences in place. It's the same thing when you're you're building a website and um, individuals can purchase things off your website, and then having it, one of those fast pay buttons where it automatically connects with like an Amazon or or your Apple. So they're not having to type in all of their information again. That's one thing um, where I have been certainly on checkouts and and I just got frustrated, I'm impatient. And I'm like, hey, you know what? This process is taking too long. <laughs> Forget it. It's not this, worth it.
0: Yes, this is the I did a, I, this is something that guys, uh, listen, listen, this is all in other areas as well. Think about this. I was doing, now this is a book. This guy had, I go to this guy's site and he had me, man, had me. I wanted this book that he had, right? But there was this one section where in order to get the book for free, you had to fill out a survey. What was he doing? And we had talked about this in one of our other talks. Data. Mm -hmm. But guess what? By the time I got to the 25th question, I said, forget it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, on some level, I'm going to miss out on this book. I really wanted this book. But now by asking just too many questions, you know, not adapting to the fact that nobody is spending that much time giving you their time, even if you're offering something for free, right? 15 questions, I would have been happy. He could have got enough data points that could have gave him insight into who I was as a customer, et cetera, et cetera. For some reason, he thought 25 plus, and I don't I don't even know how many questions it is, I just stopped right? Fast, convenient is what you now have to look at what you're offering out there and asking questions of that. Is it good enough, fast enough? Is it more convenient? Is it going to save some people time? Or am I going to put all these crocodile moats and all these different things, you know, in front of it that people got to like jump over and avoid falling in and all that kind of stuff just to get to your information. If you're in that space, cut that out. It's just, it's not serving you well. Cut it out. Cut it out. We're gonna, we can't say this enough. You In this day and age, you have to be adaptable, right? And you have to continue to learn. Learning what new customers are asking for. Learning what the old customers might need going forward. That's going to allow you to roll out different products and not that same old thing. These are some of the things that, you know, in your organization that you have to bring in. I tell you, one of the things that John and I had talked about earlier off, off camera was how an organization, I watched an organization die because they did some, they, they, were, they refused to learn. You know, executive director didn't want to bring on any more information into her, uh, her head. She just was, you know, at a stage where she's said, I don't want to learn. Now the organization does not exist. And that's an unfortunate thing because they didn't want to take the time to learn something new, to adapt to the needs of her community. And now the organization itself, which was a really good organization, had been around for 30 years.
1: Is gone. Well, even think about this standpoint, we, we talk about tooling as well. How many uh, construction contractors do you know using a manual hammer? I mean, they're up there on the roof with one of those air... Air press guns, you know they're they're. Right, in you don't see somebody nail a, a hammer yeah. with nails. Yeah, you don't you don't see that. And you know what? If if I were to try to hire crews and say, hey, we don't use those here. I'm not going to invest in those that you're going to be hammering. They're going to look at me and say, well, that's crazy. I'm not going to cut when there's a better technology out there, and you don't want to in, invest in that better technology, which makes it more efficient. And easier on your team member, on your on your team members. Well, I'm not going to come and work for you. So there are a number of different things. Um, if a business is is stuck in time, and they're not investing in these types of things, uh, it's not just how would you accept payments. It's about how do you operate. Um, you know, or am I a business? There's a better technology out there, but I just don't want to put the the money into it and invest in even though it makes my employees safer, right. even that it 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 alleviates some of the the pressure and they're not lifting as much and so uh, they won't have as many back issues or workers comp claims different things like that um, are the, all of those things if we are if even the industry industry changes you see people you see businesses that refuse. To change um, when regulations, uh, whether, whether they're um, recommendations or whether it's, hey, this is this is law going forward, um, you see a lot of organizations that are slow um, to get on board. And when you see that, um, a lot of those businesses fail. We're, there was a um, company in West Michigan, that's where we're located in West Michigan. Uh, probably six or seven years ago. And they were a contractor, a a builder. And he had an employee die um, from uh, not being properly harnessed Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. he was on the top. But he had had OSHA incidents in that area. The contractor did before. And so this really hurt his business because this just wasn't a fluke anomaly there was a history there um, and so when you look at that you're gonna lose customers hey you know what I don't want them working on my house they operate unsafe they're gonna they're gonna you know somebody's gonna die on my property because they're they're not properly you know what i mean they're They're not, they're not
0: doing things they're not they're doing the old school stuff now listen there's nothing wrong with old school right because when you mix old school and new school man you got some power but if you're just bringing those old school techniques into a new school environment you're probably gonna lose now that's not to suggest again that it is an ageism situation what we're suggesting is maximize age and new equipment and your ability to get stuff done and you will watch your business flourish, right? It is, sometimes you have to bring in new thinking into your organization. That doesn't mean you have to have young, I said new thinking. You can have someone your same age, but that is always going to conferences, that is always out there trying to figure out new stuff, that is always reading something (laughs) new, that's new thinking, right? Now you're pouring new wine into the old skins and then the old skins give it a nice taste. You see where I'm going here is bringing in these two types of things. That's what happens in a learning and adapting organization. We now wanted to come on and mastermind about this because we have seen organizations that, you know, personally, you know, watching them die. When you kind of go, wow, what's happening here? You could, you, know, you, could, you could not let this thing die. But of course, you're, it's not your organization. You're watching somebody else run their thing into the dirt, right? And we don't want that for you guys out there. So we're coming on masterminding on it. We thought it was very, very important. We think it'll help you. So let's think about your employees. John had touched on it a little bit. You have employees that you're trying to attract. Why? Because you're growing. You're getting to a point where you have to bring on other knowledge than your own. And these employees are watching you do these old methods and they're going, why are you still doing this? Why not use this app? And you're going, because I like it this way. You're not gonna have that employee very long. Yeah. You're going, oh, you know what? I don't have time for this. You know, Especially if, the,
1: if, if there's a, a technology that makes it safer, that makes it easier, um, less strenuous, And what is your competition doing? If your competition is they're mixing things up and they're, and they're trying these new things and it's attracting better talent. um, They're going to be taking, you're going to lose employees. Um, If you're, if your equipment's always breaking down, if you haven't figured, if you're, if you're still um, delivering everything by hand and not using, um, Amazon or Grubhub or whatever it is you're, depending on your business if you're not offering uh neck yeah you know, we talked about DHL uh, excuse me FedEx and mm-hmm. in the 1970s how they came about they offered hey you we can have your documents back to you signed within 24 hours so know. if you're if is you're DHL illegal, still
0: around
1: I'm not sure F- FedEx was was who we were speaking about in the in the mm-hmm. in the other one though but um you know they they were innovative because now you know in the 70s they came out with, hey you mail these documents and you can get them back within 24 hours, um, signed off on, whereas hey am I am I still snail mailing that where it takes seven or eight days, you're losing customers. Um, yeah. So even yeah, DHL might not be. Uh, I think
0: they are. So I'm looking at their their website right now. They're still
1: they're still they're still kicking it,
0: man. So it's a a German company. Yeah. We
1: have to, we have to understand what are the emerging technologies within our industry? What are, what are our, what is our competition doing? What are the employees expectations? Because they know what's going on in these other organizations. Um, If you're, if, if you're in the technology space, uh, when 20 years ago, when Google was booming and they were coming up with all of these, Hey, Hey, we're gonna let you bring your dogs to work, uh, your kids to work, and we're gonna have a daycare center. Heck, you don't think that that was a selling point to a lot of of those workers to to want to be employed there? And so, if if we're if we're in that industry, you better be looking at that and saying, how do I compete with that in getting top talent into my organization? If if you're not going to, if you think, hey, I'm just gonna to continue to do this all it's always worked the way that we've done it before, you're gonna die. Your organization is not going to exist because yeah. you're not gonna have top performers wanting to come and work for your organization.
0: So if you can't get the top performers, competitions doing all this interesting stuff around you, what eventually happens to your company? You become blockbuster, mm-hmm. right? Now I don't care you know how many um, you know family videos are around in your neighborhood, I don't have a VCR, so, and I barely have. My wife said something that she says, well, I'm gonna to go to Redbox. I says, Redbox is still around? Because it has CDs mm. I'm thinking, or DVDs. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, I didn't know that, <laughs> right? But this is because we're now in the age of streaming. And at, think about the whole industries that were created. Now think about this for a minute. The whole industries that were created because somebody had to make a CD, they had to make the packaging for the CD, they had to ship the CD. You get where I'm going with this. And then streaming comes on and says, Yeah, we don't have to do that. We have this big old spot in you know on a server that we can send it to you. Think about all the industry that peeled off that did not learn what was going on, did not adapt to the new changes, and are now non existent. Now we don't want that for your company. Again, John and I do this stuff for a living right and as we've come together and do these podcasts we also come on and help companies do that same thing we're the person that's out there learning all these different things and then coming in making recommendations and helping you implement them that's kind of one of, one of the other things that we do here right now don't get me wrong it's kind of expensive if you want to work with us like that but you can hear and listen to some of these podcasts and you can join in, become a member, help us out in that regard, and we're doing some of this stuff um, also. Every week, we're putting them out there.
1: We had talked about uh, a while ago Napster, and a lot of individuals who are listening to this may have never heard of Napster, but 20 plus years ago, Napster revolutionized the way we, we receive music. Right. Because we used to go to stores in the mall, the BMGs of the world, and we would buy um, either albums or uh, compact discs or uh, tapes of this music and what happened was and, and it was originally pirated material but it was streamed and it was easy and I get and then they started coming out with these um, devices called uh, mp3 players mm-hmm. and ipods that you could download this music but it made it easier and now you don't walk into a mall, um, unless it's a dead mall and they're selling uh, antiques or classics or something, mm-hmm. and see a BMG or any of those uh, music stores that were all over the place. Yep.
0: That is so true. And it's like, so when we're talking about this, or why we believe this subject matter would be important to you. Um, and how you can now leverage it, um, we've already given you some of the things to worry about. Now, as we start talking about ways you can leverage it, think about it from the standpoint of you building a new skill, right? Or your organization. I like to call them the you know um, learning organization. That's not my word, it's something that I heard. Learning organization. Ask yourself, do you have a learning organization? that you are constantly taking new and pieces of pieces of information and are now saying how can you apply it to your organization right And on one of our other talks we talked about how you're now collecting the data from that and placing it somewhere that is retrievable right So that if for example, you need to adjust and adapt, you can look at all the data points. you can now look at who in it from an employee standpoint has the skill set. You see what's possible here. A learning organization is constantly asking things of their employees as well. When you get a new degree, we want to know. When you learn something new, get a certification, we want to know. That's a learning organization because now they want to be able to say, we have the capacity. I had an a organization I was doing some consulting with just recently, and this was so unfortunate that that they um, said it this way. I, You know, there was during an ideation session with me they were asking for new ways to do a process i'm, I'm under pretty strict confidentiality agreement so i can't say too much about it but and i said well here's here are like you know five or six ways what i believe that you can apply to your particular organization and i mean it was like two or three of them is like we don't have the capacity now as a part of the consulting that we were doing I wasn't into let me show you how you can. It was the ideations, you know, perspective, right? And I, I just had to hold my tongue because it was like at that point they were like, well, we don't have the capacity. We would like, we like that. We really like that. But we don't have the capacity for, to fulfill. Now that's an honest assessment of where you're at. Nothing wrong, no harm, no foul. Right but the deeper question is how can we apply that with what we do have and that's where i would have been able to you know look at the organization look at who they had in the organization and who may be skill set ready skill set ready to take on that challenge and or how can we help the organization grow give someone a new responsibility that makes them feel a part of something big that they're doing now. You see where I'm going with this? Maybe a, an incentivization possibility where they're getting a salary, boom, this is what I make. But here's, if you do this well, here's some points on that. Here's some percentages of the success. Now you incentivize them. Now they just don't work for you. Now they got something that they're really, really going after. You guys hearing what I'm talking about here? This is, this is what a learning and adapting organization does. Constantly doing these kind of things, right? Ask yourself of your solopreneurship if it's you. If it's you, are you learning something new? Or are you just going, well, I'm gonna go on my skill set and that's it. Right? John and I talk about that all the time. I'll call John and says, Man, I tried this new something, something. He'll say, oh, I'm checking it out, right? And and then and then apply it. Sometimes he's a he applies stuff before I do. He'll say, Man, I'm already getting money from that. It's like, really? Awesome. but well, I'm gonna go get me some money from it. Right. Because I sometimes will research an idea and I'll look at it and I'll go, yeah, that's good. That'll work. I start telling a couple of people and some people act on it right away. I said that worked really well for me. That becomes what your organization is constantly doing, constantly looking at opportunities. Right. Is it tiring? Sometimes you go, man, I got to learn something new. Yes. Yes. You learn something new. Somebody doesn't. You can be getting invoices faster. Think about that for a minute. And in an age, John and I, we talked about this before. In an age where people are living and dying, the organizations and companies, living and dying, invoice to invoice. You you can live another day because you invoice, you use a new technique, a new strategy. And then your client says, "That, that was really easy. Yep, it was really easy. They didn't have to send you anything in the mail. I get checks in the mail still from doing work. Because some organizations just work that way. I can't make a move because it's not my organization. I can say, hey, well, why not just send it over to well? That's because that's not the way they do it. Oh, okay. All right? But if you send something over and they go, This is this is easy for me. Just hit click. Yes. Pay here. Use the company credit. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm, there it is. Think about that for a minute. That could change everything. You got to be in a learning position. You got to be always adapting. John, here's something I really love that you put down in the notes that by asking, um, we're asking a little bit of companies that they got to go out and learn. They got to be in front of stuff. They got to be available for things, right? But then you say, hey, can I still maintain our mission, vision, and values even as I'm going through this change? Some companies are asking that question. What do you say to that for companies that may be going through that.
1: So it, it is important um, in whatever stage of business uh, that you're going through that you're continuously um, asking those questions and maybe your, your vision was too narrow. You know, if I'm blockbuster and my mission is all about uh VHS and DVDs, you know, getting those out to customers. And, and I'm not talking about uh, streaming entertainment opposed to streaming entertainment in general. Uh-huh. Well, it's time that I alter that. That now it's about, hey, you know what, I'm going to look at something broader. And when I'm looking at something broader, do my values change um, within what we're trying to do? Now it's not about, you know, we value families coming in and experiencing the, the you know, the this this uh, atmosphere of a blockbuster store, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but maybe it's it's something different that quality entertainment or wh- or whatever it is, fast quality entertainment. That's what we value. Um, so just looking and, and continuously evaluating um, those things, is my, is my mission relevant mm. to the industry is it, or is it too narrow? And do my values around what I'm doing um, need to change? And then uh, unfortunately, sometimes you run into the issue of uh, values um, conflicting with morality, your, your personal moral views. And that's a whole different issue um, when it comes to it. You know, the industry is is uh, is, is You know, it's it's offering. Um, let's say you're in the financial industry and you're offering uh, payday loans, or um, you're in the uh, you're you're in the furniture industry and you're doing um, rent to own, and you believe that these are predatory. Products mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that take advantage of people. Well, then you're dealing with um, a sense of well, these things are impeding on my my morality. What I view to be uh, moral and immoral. Sure. And so then you have to understand, hey, how how do I navigate that? Um, because I don't I don't want to go this way because I'm it's going to affect um, you know my the decisions that or the beliefs or stance that I have morally. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that I do that 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 doesn't compromise those? Um, but there there are a lot of things. You whenever you build a business, the business is 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 an organism. It's evolving. It's gotta continuously change in in certain ways. And those certain ways could be ways that that, that seem very, very, very small. Um, whereas industry standards now require contractors to um, have their two by fours this many inches apart, whereas before it was sixteen oh, on center. <laughs> yep, yep. And so, and so, just just those types of of changes they may not really affect. Do a whole lot but on the other hand there could be um there could be changes that are life and death um, sure. that that really do impact that that are costly sure. that require certifications and and specialization that maybe your organization has never never had before um, but in order to survive in this world i mean we we look i mean we just look at the United States in the past 150 years. Um, If you wanna look at industrialization and how uh, just child labor laws and uh, workers' rights have changed and the situations within those um, factories, those manufacturing facilities have changed. And now what's compliant and before, I mean, you look at photographs of uh, paper mills and the workers are all walking around barefoot.
0: Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I worked in a paper mill and there was a time where we could, they could smoke in them. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of myself, as you look back on it, you go, oh, my, it's a paper mill. Mm-hmm. And I think that what stopped it is that somebody, a fire, mm-hmm. right? Once they, uh, it, it was a corrugated company. And uh, we just made the corrugated sheets. We didn't make the boxes, but <laughs> I remember times you know, guys were on their on their forkless man, smoking and throwing it on the floor, and somebody mm. had swept mm. one up into uh, mm. into the bales, right? If you know that that organ that that environment, uh, and they had so it's in this bale, and it's it's a fire,
1: mm.
0: right? And it's like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe that we could smoke during that time. You know what I mean? It was incredible. And, you know, I got a friend who just got a job at an old corrugated plant. And I I says, he says, man, this place is old. And I says, most corrugated plants are old. I says, and they haven't changed. Even back then, they did not change with the times they had old practices, you know, old systems, old styles, old forklifts, just, old stuff, right? And they still are making money. I says, I told him I said, it is you won't make a lot of money, but you'll make consistent money. They not oftentimes do they go out of business. You know what I mean? Because people are always needing boxes, even more so now. And we haven't there has not been a lot of innovation in that space. You know? And I thought, well, work that job. That becomes one of those deals where You look at these organizations and they're just simply going, we're not changing, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm telling you, they are right. I even said this 10 years ago, they were just right for disruption, Mm -hmm. but nobody has come along and disrupted. The barrier to entry into one of those organizations is still way up here until somebody figures out how to do it, how to do it in a way that's like, nope, we don't have to do that anymore. We have a new process and boom, we can get it done just like that then it all will change. You'll see tons and tons of these old organizations toppling, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what you get when you don't put the learning aspect. And I mean, you have to be intentional about that too, right? And I think you talked about how, you know, looking at this as an opportunity to learn and grow, um, as a opportunity to challenge yourself. So if you're out there listening to this and you're saying, man, I just don't want to change. And we get it, we understand right? You kind of go, I got to change again. Well, again, change or die, change yourself or die personal, change your organization or it will die. And that could be the thing that you could have passed on to another generation. Who knows, right? That generational wealth opportunity gone because you didn't want to take the time. Well, Hey, if, if you don't have it, bring somebody in.
1: Yeah. And I think for so long, uh, we've had this idea that when this emergent technology comes out or this industry that we're in, that this industry is gonna be around forever, but but it's just simply not true. I mean, you look at cable television. Um, Cable television was huge in the 70s and 80s. And now everybody's gone to fiber optics. Right. And who would they, you know, individuals who are making money hand over fist because I had family members in that industry? Um, they're like, this is never going to stop. This is the way that it's always going to be. But if you didn't set your business up to be able to, to go into telecommunication, fiber optics, or, or any of that route, then you're, you're pretty much obsolete now. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: There's a book that I was reading called Built to Last, Mm -hmm. right? and this is by Jim Collins. I think everybody read it, but then there was some pushback because some of the companies in there had gone bust.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I was like, wait a minute. I thought it was Built to Last, bro. Well, however, they didn't see some of these new things that were coming. They didn't learn about these new things that were on the horizon. And as a result, their companies got usurped. They were built to last based on what data, what information, what pieces of, and we talked about this in one of our other, our talks, what data did they build to to last on? I'm amazed when you have some some organizations saying, well, we got a hundred year vision. If that hundred year vision doesn't involve constantly learning and being unafraid now, here's a part that's going to be tough for a lot of you guys out there and a lot of you young ladies out there. Being unafraid to kill the darlings, if you will, right? Now, and in, in, we talked a little bit about this before in the writing space, you know, when you get the editor come in and kill your darlings, Right? they take those words and go, and you're like, wait a minute, that was beautiful. It was great. It came from my head. Uh, well, those are your darlings. And they just said, no, you don't need it. But what about in organizations? When you have processes, you have steps, you have systems, you have ways, you have employees that you no longer believe will adapt and adjust to new stuff, then you got to make hard decisions. you got to make hard ones, but that may become the thing that makes you and helps you survive. This is some of the key things, man, that we just kind of go... You know, we know company it's hard for companies to do, right? It's hard for us to do. But we talked about pruning. We talked about decluttering. Right? Again, I should have known that the, the microwave was my microwave was gonna die. But now that it is open the door and the fan comes on, I could fix it. I could go, well, but for me to fix it, wait a minute. Um, I should be out charging somebody X amount of dollars an hour instead of opening up a uh you know, opening up a microwave that I can go pay ninety nine hundred bucks to get another one. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be newer. I had a TV go out on me, and I'm thinking TVs go out. Yeah, bro, they go out. And then my wife says, "Do you know how long you had that TV?" I, said, I don't know. And then she started doing the math. I was like, "Well, oh, I guess it, I guess it is older. It is kind of heavy." <laughs> so it was one of those deals where it just went out and started, I started smelling it. It's like, this thing is, this thing is not good. Well, some of the components was in there just going bad. And then it just started going, you know, can't hit them on the side no more.
1: And you think about when we were kids, there were um, television repair shops. There were vacuum repair shops. Um, but now prices have come down so much because of materials and competition right that it would be crazy to take my my $60 eureka vacuum to a repair shop and pay 50 bucks when i could just go buy another one for $60
0: yeah it is so it was crazy that um i saw a 50 inch tv for $218. 200. This is new. Now it was a you know China model, but it was $218. Right? And I and I kept looking at it, and every time I would go, it's gone. It's it's just it's just gone. And this is not something that I want to get delivered to my house. You know what I mean? That's that's a no-no, right? I don't want that thing floating around in the truck, getting damaged. But 218 bucks, 50 inch, And I thought, man, there's no way that thing is gonna last, but they were gone. And I really could use it. I really would like a 50-inch TV in my joint, right? So I started thinking, man, you know, you said it. Why not just replace? Why get repaired? But think about the repair person. Have you learned and adapted and adjusted? Mm-hmm. What can you offer? Well, you know, maybe you have a niche market now where you had a mass market before, but because you have a
1: niche market, you now can charge more. Think about do that. You, do
0: you've you know adjusted, of any you've
1: adapted diaper services anymore? Do you remember that diapers? Do you no, remember you mean
0: like the uh, the um, cloth, cloth cloth diapers?
1: Cloth. Yeah, you the I mean, you could have a uh, a person come and pick up your dirty cloth diapers and deliver freshman's every week, wow. and now if everybody uses, you know, the the disposable Pampers, Pampers or or Huggies or whatever, and I I don't know anybody who uses cloth diapers. I I've I never I that. haven't seen a a diaper delivery truck in thirty years. Right. Um,
0: so what is that telling you guys? You know, but there's data points that we had talked about in one of our other talks that could have indicated that that was going bye-bye. I remember hearing, get this, I remember hearing years ago, the rate in which Americans were having babies and the amount that was going to affect schools years ago, because the data started showing that birth rates were going pew. Now, birth rates going down, they had taken in this information and, and and forgive me for using this word, guys, but extrapolated this information all the way to. Well, if we don't have enough people, then eventually the social security system is going to go broke. Why we don't? We're not going to have enough people paying in. Oh, oh. You see, you see now, learning organization start seeing these data points. Start seeing that, okay, I need to adjust and adapt what I'm doing in my organization to meet this new thing. That's what it becomes a part of. I need, a, you know, I need, I need to do something different. If I'm going to be built to last, then I got to constantly learn, constantly adapt. That's all we're suggesting to you guys out there. And you know we, we didn't want to hammer on this too long because we know this could get tough on folks that are already stressed out, already too busy right? Already got a lot of stuff and a lot of worry going on as is, and now you have to learn and adapt. But here's what we also want to say. Here's what I've been noticing data point wise, right? I heard, I'm hearing stuff like little things that people say, because they're now doing more zoom because of COVID-19 and all that stuff. I'm hearing people say I can do anything. It was almost as if the last thing they were worried about public speaking, getting on camera, technology, knowing how to put it on your phone, little things like that. Once they got over that hurdle, think about this now, the learning and adapting. So you bring something new in that you were probably uncomfortable with, but in order to make some money, you had to use it. Now you say, I can do anything. I'm hearing so much of that. I can do this. And I'm thinking, wow. Now the space I'm in, I'm thinking, wow, I just got competition. Overnight, right? I'm like, wow, I need to raise my standards, raise my game, do something better, do something faster, do something more. But see what's happening? Is it making you say, I got to do something faster, I got to do something better, I got to do something more. So now you become better. Or you go, that's it, too much competition, I'm out of here, too much red ocean. Or you go, what can I use? What can I do? Right? What needs to happen? What can I adjust? And that, in turn, could make you a whole different, better organization, whole different, better person, because you rose to the challenge. And that's, I'm telling you, John, this is what we do this for, It's helping people rise to the challenge. Here's a couple of things that we notice, guys. This is what we're talking about. Rise to the challenge. Get better today. Be better tomorrow. Make better business decisions. And we hope that we can be a part of your life in some way, somehow, subscribe to the channel, send in, you know, whatever you like uh, to help us out with, buy some of our material, we, we really do appreciate it. We do this stuff on our weekends and, you know, John's probably gotta go and, and hang out with the kids and I got like 15 million other things to do, but we come on here so that we help, hope that these pieces of information that we talk about on these, on these weekends, and we wrote, we're doing right now, we're doing about three, I think three episodes a week. We're probably gonna scale that down a little bit as time goes on and we get some traction. You guys tell us, you want us to do them more? Eh, maybe we'll do them more, but we gotta be in a position to be able to do that from a financial standpoint. So however you wanna help, we certainly appreciate you for that. John, what are some of the last things that we could talk to folks about when it comes to this being a, you know, a learning organization, learning to, to adapt and adjust?
1: Absolutely, and I, I think one of the big things is uh, keep your ears open, keep your eyes open Um, subscribe to newsletters industry standards Um, what are look at trends uh, what's going on within the industry um, and be sure that that you understand what emerging technologies could affect your business you might you might not see that this, this technology, this emerging technology is specifically made for your business, but it could be used in your business to make you maybe the front runner uh, going forward. And someone who, who is able to build up enough steam where they're ahead of the pack um, for months or even a year. And, and you're capturing a, a greater client base. But just, just learn as much as you can. Keep your ears open. Keep your eyes open. Evaluate what's going on. And uh, continue, continue, continue to improve yourself.
0: Well, there it is, guys. You learned it from the two business guys as we mastermind about this stuff. You know, we appreciate you coming in. You heard it now it's about going out there and implementing these things get back in touch with us send us an email I don't know you can send a pigeon if you want to you don't know where we live so whatever but the point is that get through this that's
1: an obsolete uh, that's a that's an obsolete um, technology right that's right that's an
0: obsolete messaging system but guess what if you send a pigeon and it's got a note on this on this uh, uh, on this little tiny leg we'll read it all right hey guys you guys enjoy your rest of your week. Get out there, make some money, make some profits and you know, take the things that the Two Business Guys Mastermind has just told you about and make it work for your business. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thanks a lot, John.